0: Thank you for listening to the Soul City Church podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Soul City Church. For more information, visit us on our website, soulcitychurch.com.
1: Man, what an incredible promise that we have that's bigger than our current circumstances and our current days uh, that we are walking through and living through right now. So I am so, so glad that we have gathered. Like this, in a kind of unprecedented way, to worship together, I want to thank Jeremy and Fabi and Pat for leading us all out today. If you're watching online, which you are uh, what you don't know is that our staff is all gathered here, and so you can from wherever you're at, just thank our staff for showing up. They have not stepped back, but they are stepping in to lead our church in unprecedented ways through these incredible days and so it is so good to be with you all if you're watching online, which you are, uh, we don't know where you are, but we know that God is with you. He is with you right now. No matter what you may be feeling, no matter what you may be fearing, no matter where you are at, He is with you. And that is an incredible truth and an incredible promise. Uh, we are, as I said, living in really just uncharted days as we are facing a global pandemic as we are realizing that the world has changed and that our lives actually are needing to change. There's a lack of information, lots of misinformation. The stock of of toilet paper has gone through the roof. I mean, these are really, really unreal days. And it's easy to get kind of caught up and get lost in fear and in worry and to get consumed with media or social media. But I don't know if you saw this Over the last couple days, videos coming out of neighborhoods and communities in Italy, where people are quarantined, where they're literally quarantined to their homes, and they're stepping out on their balconies to actually uh, sing and to lead music. And as I was watching those videos and I was listening to people who are stuck behind doors and stuck behind walls, somehow finding a way to connect with each other, I thought, "No, this—we are bigger than and better than this. That you cannot quarantine love." You cannot quarantine uh, human connection that we will find a way, and we will, and I want to just say this before I get to the heart of the message, we'll work our way. We'll find a way through this. Some things may change in the short term, but we will actually find our way through this. You know, what I want to speak to this morning for wherever you're at or whenever you're watching this, what I want to speak to this morning is how easy it is in days like these to actually give ourselves over to fear and worry. How quick fear and worry can actually take uh, the wheel of our life. And if you are unclear about how powerful that can be, fear and worry, I would encourage you to just take a trip to Target and you will experience what that actually looks like. We were there, Gene and I decided the other day, you know, hey, let's grab some snacks for the kids. We'll grab some games because we don't know, you know, the CPS is before they canceled school. Let's just kind of prepare just in case. And we were about 30 seconds into our trip to Target that we realized that was a terrible idea for us to do. It was so crowded and so slammed, and uh, in the middle of uh, all of the craziness at Target, my son, who was there with us, uh, said to me, "We're in the end game now." And I just thought you know, that's, pretty, that's pretty funny, actually. And as funny as it is to actually laugh at, you know, vanishing toilet paper aisles and all the frozen food getting raptured up into heaven. Uh, it is actually important for us to pay attention to how the weed of worry can actually take a hold of our life, how it can actually work its way into our everyday lives. And I would add, and I think you already know this, to no good effect. It literally leaves you with nothing, but it can take so much from you. Uh, As I was uh, doing research for the book that that I just wrote, I was I found it came across a study on the power and the effect of worry, how it starts in the mind, that's where it starts, but how it works its way through your body and then out into your life. And I saw just a couple of things I want to highlight for you, just so you get how powerful worry can be, not only in your mind, but in your body as well. This is what this study I found uh, said can happen in your body. When you begin to worry and you continue to live in a state of worry or fear or anxiety, It actually causes a change in your breathing and increased respiratory response. So what that means, that is intense worry actually leads to accelerated breathing to the point of hyperventilation. If you've ever been so fixed on something or fixated or so worried or worked up about something that you found it kind of hard to breathe, then you know exactly what this feels like. They found that when you continue to live in a state of fear and worry, there's actually a hypercardiovascular system response. Your cardiovascular system kicks in, but in an intense way, it actually can cause your heart rate to speed up. It can cause the flow of your blood throughout your body to actually speed up. And when you are really, really worried, maybe you've felt this before, your body temperature actually gets warmer. And as a response, you begin to sweat. And so if you've ever been so worried about something that you've pitted out, that's what this actually is. The effect of that, a thought in your mind can cause your body to react like that. It actually causes changes in your digestive system. People who carry worry, sustain, like sustained worry in their bodies actually uh, have been known to experience nausea, diarrhea, rumblies and the tumblies, I think is what they call it, They've been known to lose their appetites, which can lead to unhealthy weight loss. Again, this is all from a thought in the mind that can affect your body. And this is just the last thing I want to share from this study I came across that I think is so interesting, especially in light of the days that we are living in. Prolonged worry or fear or anxiety that you continue to fixate on and let it kind of work its way like a weed throughout your life causes a weakened immune system. Initially, when worry kicks in, it can actually boost your immune system's responses, you know, so it kind of kicks in to sort of kick that out, but the longer you continue to worry and the longer your immune system is actually engaged at this level, it actually begins to work against your body. Studies have found that people who experience prolonged periods of worry or fear or anxiety are actually more likely, get this, to catch a cold, to catch the flu, or other types of infection. I don't want you to miss that. What that means is that worrying about getting sick can actually cause you to get sick. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Worry weighs a ton, but is worth so little in our everyday life. It occupies your thoughts, and then it takes you out of presence with God and actually with others. And it makes sense, right? It's a way of focusing your energy and your effort on something. But the problem is, often, it's on the wrong side. Thing and it's in the wrong direction. Now, as we are worried about this COVID 19 virus and all of the limitations that are starting to happen to our liberties, it's beginning, and it's important to note in in this stage and where we're at right now in this moment that there's actually good news and bad news to that. There's actually, when you are all worked up and worried about what's going on in the world around you, there's actually some good news and some bad news that I want to bring to you today. The good news is that if you know how to worry, which let's be honest, if you're a human, you do. We all know how to worry. If you know how to worry, then you know how to meditate. And that's really important. Like Meditation is a central spiritual practice. And I would say during these days, meditation is your best friend. To actually get calm and be still and to trust Psalm 46.10 that God is God and He is control. So if you know how to worry, the good news is you actually know already how to meditate. The bad news is, is that it's in the wrong direction. Is that you are actually meditating on the wrong things in the wrong direction. So learning to change the direction of your attention in days like these is incredibly important. Um, I've sh- shared with you that one of the things I love uh, is snowboarding with our kids. And we took them years ago. We had a, a trip as a family together and, and we were out in Colorado and our kids at a young age learned how to snowboard. And I, I learned how to snowboard like when snowboarding started. We didn't have instructors. We didn't have like good gear. We just kind of figured it out by falling. Well, now there's classes and courses and all these things you can take. So we put our kids into snowboarding school. And I decided, you know, because they were so little, I'm like, well, I'll just go with them. And it doesn't hurt to me to actually learn the principles of snowboarding with them, even though I've been doing it for so many years. So when our kids were in the class, the thing that no one ever taught me, I just kind of figured out intuitively about snowboarding, is that when you're, when you're snowboarding, if you want to turn, you don't do it with your legs. You don't do it with your feet. That's not how you actually turn on a snowboard. If any of you have ever snowboarded, you know this. If you want to turn, what you do is you turn your head, And as you turn your head, what happens is your body follows. So if you want to turn this way, you turn your head this way, and your body just naturally follows as you do. It was a fascinating lesson for me. I was like taking notes in my kids' little snowboarding school that wherever you give your attention, that will actually cause a change in your direction. And I think as we are living in the days that we are living in right now and walking through what we are walking through together right now, I think that's an incredibly important lesson for all of us is that your attention determines your direction your attention whatever you're fixed on determines the direction that you're going to go that's just how life actually works if all of your attention is on the news and social media and having all the updates then that's all you're going to be consumed with it's going to pull you out of presence with God and with others if, you're only, if your attention is only on yourself, I got to get all the toilet paper I can get. I got to get all of it. When you begin to hoard, kind of hoard, hoard, hoard for yourself, you are not going to see the needs of others around you because your attention is all on yourself. So the direction of your life is going to naturally go in towards yourself. It's incredibly important. In days like this where worry is creeping in that we fix our attention on the right things because it will actually change the direction of your life. And so what I believe Jesus is inviting us into in these challenging and unique days is to actually turn our attention from all that's around us to the one who's in control. Yeah. To turn our attention from all the things around you that you actually can't control. You actually can't control so much of what's going on in the world right now, but to turn your attention to the one who is in control, who's ultimately in control of it all. To actually turn all that worry into worship, to turn your biggest fears into deeper trust. And so that's the invitation that I want us to just focus on for this weekend, is to actually lean into the timeless wisdom of Jesus that's found in Matthew chapter 6. So if you have a Bible with you, you can open to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to walk through maybe a familiar passage for you. It's one we've taught on here before. If you actually have like stolen a Soul City Bible and you have that with you at home, it's on page 787 in case you've stolen a Bible. But if not, just open up another little tab to Matthew 6, and I'm going to start in verse 25. And I want you to think about how powerful this teaching of Jesus is from 2,000 years ago to the exact moment that you were walking through that we're living through in this now moment, Matthew 6. 25 says this. It's right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is giving the most famous sermon in history, and this is what he says. Therefore, I tell you, listen to this. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Think about that. Don't worry about your life or what you'll eat or drink or about your body or what you'll wear or a virus or a pandemic or school closings. Or maybe losing a job. Don't worry about those things. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Verse 26, look at the birds of the air. Jesus has given us a genius shift move here. If all I'm doing is worrying, all I'm caught up in is myself and worry, worry, worry. Jesus says, just look up. Just look up. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or stow away in barns. And yet your heavenly father Feeds them. Now listen to this. Are you not more much more valuable than they? Aren't you so much more valuable? God cares for them. Don't you believe that God cares for you more than he cares for them? And he provides for every one of their needs every single day. Don't you think he'll do the same for you? Aren't you much more valuable than they? Now, and then Jesus says it, maybe you've heard this, and I think it's an important verse to cling to in these days. Verse 27, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Can any one of us, can any one of you by worrying, by being caught up, wound up in worry, add a single hour to your life? In other words, does an hour of flipping through cable news shows actually add an hour to your life? Does an hour of distracting yourself and numbing out through social media actually add an hour to your life? Does worrying about anything actually add anything to your life? What does it gain you to lose yourself in worry? I love the way that Martin Lloyd-Jones says it. He says it so brilliantly, and it's important for us to cling to. He says this, the result about worrying about the future, the result of worrying all about the future is that you are crippling yourself in the present. That's what I do. That's what I do. When I get worried, I'm stuck. I'm worried about the future, and what I'm actually doing is crippling myself. I'm not adding anything to my life. Well, I need to get more information. I need the newest update. If it's important, it will find you. It's important to stay tuned. It's important to be informed, absolutely. But to be consumed by it all, to be overwhelmed by it all, doesn't actually add anything to your life. And when that begins to trigger fear, worry, and anxiety, you are actually crippling yourself in the present moment. What worry does is it takes a future possibility, and it makes it your present reality. That's what worry does. It takes this future possibility. Well, they might do this. Well, they might say this. Well, they might ban flights. Well, they might do this. They might. But what happens with worry is you make it your present reality, and you begin to live as though that is actually so. It takes something that you honestly, ultimately, have very little control over it in the present moment, and it attempts to use it to control your every thought and emotion. Listen, church, I want you to get this, I don't want you to miss this. No one ever worries their way into a meaningful life. No one myself included. No one ever worries their way into a more meaningful life, but plenty of people worry their way into a more miserable life. You can't get to the meaningful life to the fullest that God had for you by worrying your way there. You want to know what worry actually ultimately is? All the fear and worry that you might be feeling right now, I get it. It makes sense. I'm right there with you. But do you know what worry is? Worry is just meditation in the wrong direction. That's all it is. Worry is meditation, fixing ourselves on the wrong thing, the wrong direction. We're, it's, 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 meditation is, is the sort of fixation of all your thoughts and all your attention, all your energy, but it's just, it's just in the wrong direction. It's giving yourself over to things that you actually have so little control over. And I don't want you to miss what Jesus is saying here. The promise that Jesus has for you today, from 2,000 years ago, directly applies to your life today don't miss this you are worth so much more than anything in this world to him and that's enough you are worth so much more than anything in this world to him and you are actually ready for more you know we've been talking about what it means to be ready for more ready for more you are actually these unique days are an invitation I believe for you to realize that you are ready for more and today what I hope you get is that you are ready for more trust you are ready to trust God more than you ever have before you are ready for more trust so when you find yourself as I do I'm just being honest as I find myself getting all worked up in worry in these coming days and these coming weeks I want to see if you can maybe do a little shift move like Jesus is teaching us here. A shift move in the direction of your attention. And this is just a little bit further down in the passage we're looking at in Matthew 6. Jesus gives us uh, the, the way that we can actually make a shift move in the direction of our attention. It's found in verse 33. So Matthew 6, verse 33 says this. But, Jesus says, seek first God's kingdom. Seek that first. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, his way, and all these things will be added to you. All the things you're worried about, all the things you're wondering about, all the things you ultimately need, he knows every single one of your needs, he will take care of all those things. But you start by seeking first him. Seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, his will, his way, his love in your life. And everything else you're all worked up about and worried about, He is going to take care of it. And Jesus closes by saying this in verse 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. I love this. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow's going to worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Why are you worried about tomorrow's problems? We got things that we need to do right here, right now, today. There's things that God's inviting you to right here, right now, today. So don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself isn't that good news? You can free yourself from having to worry about some future possibility by making it your present reality. You can free yourself from that. It's just a shift move. Seek God first. Seek God first. Seek God today. Seek God today in this moment. All your worries about school cancellations, all your fears and worries about whether or not you might lose your job, the state of our economy, what you're supposed to do now with your March Madness Bracket, You know, from big to small, to seemingly important, to seemingly insignificant, all those fears, all those worries are totally understandable. I get it. I'm right there with you. It's understandable why you would worry about those things. But the question I would ask you is, is it beneficial? Is it beneficial to worry about those things? Is it actually transformational to worry about those things? Jesus says, you don't have to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. That job's already taken. You don't need to actually worry about that. Rather, today will you choose to trust God with your tomorrows. That's what you can do today. Today will I choose to trust God with my tomorrows, whatever may come, that God is not surprised by any of it. And so rather than going first to the news, rather than going first to my phone, what if I started by saying, God, I want to seek you first. I'm going to look for you. I'm going to find you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to put my trust in you today, for today, and for tomorrow. It's all ultimately in your hands, just like I am. So I want to offer you a little bit of homework, all right? It's a way for you to, to, to shift as you find yourself, as we all will, getting worked up and worried like a weed kind of working its way into your life. I want to give you a little homework that you can actually do throughout this week, And we're all going to practice doing this together as a church. It's a way of of turning your inner monologue into an open dialogue with God. We all have our own inner monologues, right, that we got racing around in our heads. It's a way of turning your inner monologue into an open dialogue with God. By bringing him into your worry, you're actually bringing your worry out of the darkness and into the light. And that's what I actually want to help you to do. So here's the thing. As you feel worry kind of working its way up in your body, your mind, your thoughts, you know, conversations you're having with others, that friend you have that worries about everything and you're talking to them and you're starting to get worked up, whatever it may be, use that as an invitation to invite God in. As you feel yourself worrying, invite God into it. This is what it looks like when you find yourself worried about your job, which makes sense. I get it. To just say it to God rather than keeping it to yourself. God, I'm worried about my job. God, I'm worried about my job. I feel fear. I feel uncertainty. God, I'm just gonna name it. Rather than letting it work its way through my mind and out through my body, I'm worried. God, I'm worried about my finances. I don't know what this is gonna mean. I'm looking at the stock market, I'm looking at our economy, I don't know. But God, I'm just I'm worried about my finances. God, I'm worried about my parents. I'm worried about my parents. They're a little bit older, God. And I can try and control the situation and tell them what to do and what not to do. But God, I just want to bring you in and just say I'm worried about my parents right now. God, I'm worried about my kids. I'm worried that I might kill them over the next couple of weeks as I'm locked in the house with them. I'm worried about their health, their safety, their future. Rather than keeping that here as an inner monologue, I just want to open it up to an open dialogue with you, God. I'm just going to name what it is. That's prayer. That's prayer. It's just naming what's going on in your heart. It's just you being honest with God and with yourself. And then I want to just, I want to kind of take that. So that's the first step. Just say it. When you're starting to feel it, just say, God, I am worried about. Just name it. And then what I want you to do, I want to encourage you to transform your anxiousness into asking. Can you transform whatever it is you're anxious about into actually asking God? So let's take the same examples we just walked through. God, remind me that you got me this job. You're the one that provided me with this job. And you've got it in your hands. God, will you take care of me? God, remind me that in this financial crisis, you are never in a crisis. You don't know the meaning of the word, God. You you are never in a crisis. God, will you remind me that you are in control, that you promise you will provide for me? God, will you protect my parents and keep them safe? Will you protect them? So I'm moving my anxiousness into asking, God, will you? So I start with God I am, God, will you? Protect my parents, God, will you? Protect these kids, protect my children. God, will you put like a little hedge around this time even that we have, these unique days? So I move from naming it to actually asking God to do what he promises he will do. And then the last little shift move here, the very next breath, as I'm naming what's going on, I'm inviting God into it, I'm asking him rather than being anxious about it, is I turn my worry into worship by just acknowledging who God is and what he's up to. Take those same examples. God, thank you for giving me the ability to work. And God, thank you that you've given me the creativity to work my way through this. God, thank you that you have always provided for every one of my needs. Thank you that you provide for the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. Thank you, God, that you say I am far more valuable than them. Thank you, God, for that. God, thank you for my parents. Thank you, God, that you are their perfect parent, that you ultimately care for them. You're the protector and the healer of their lives. God, thank you for my kids. They are a gift from you. This time is a gift from you. See, that's just a little shift to acknowledging, to asking, and then ultimately to worshiping God. And you can do that. You can do that this week. In fact, I would say we have to do that or we will get lost in fear and anxiety and worry. You can make this shift that Jesus is teaching us in Matthew 6. You can change the direction of your attention back to God to bring it back to the one who is ultimately in control, from feeling heavy to light, from feeling beaten down to filled up, from worry to worship. And as you do, God promises that that he'll give you something in the exchange. When you bring your worry, your fear, your anxiety to him, he gives you something in the exchange far greater than what you bring to him. He gives you his peace. Peace that passes all understanding. Peace that passes every headline. Peace that passes every piece of news that keeps changing from day to day. He gives you his peace to guide you. His peace to guard you. His peace to cover you. His peace to actually carry you through these days. He can actually replace all of the hours wasted in worry and transform them into worship that's a powerful thing that can happen. And I wonder if it might not even ever happen in our lives were we not brought into such a unique challenge that we were all facing, that God is saying, you are ready for more of me. You're ready for more trust, maybe like never before. And I just want to close by saying this, Soul City. This is so, I mean, I love that we have. Thank you, God, for the technology that we can be with you right now. Thank you, God, for every person who's given to this church so that we have cameras, so that we have a staff who's actually here today. Thank you, God, that we actually have a building that is standing. Thank you, God, for all of these things. I am so grateful to God that he's already prepared a way for us to be with you, but I'm gonna be honest, I miss you. We miss you. We're such a huggy church. It feels weird for me not to see you and to be with you. But Soul City, I just want to say this to you. Wherever you're at, however, whenever you're actually watching this, I want you to get this. I believe that God right now in this moment is calling our church into more. He's inviting us into more than we even imagined. He's actually calling us into something more than just worry, more than hoarding, more than isolation more than media consumption and social media distraction. I believe that God is calling you and God is calling our church to be ready for more, to be ready for more in these unique and challenging days, to be ready for more trust, to be ready for more peace, To be ready for more faith, maybe like never before in your life. Ready for more love, actually. We need it. Our city, our world needs more of God's love in our everyday lives. Ready for more power in your everyday life. Listen, Soul City, I believe that God is inviting us into embodying and living out the invitation, the call to action in 2 Timothy 1.7. And this is what it says, and I want you to get this kind of as your call to action today, rather than just sort of holding up that you would see this as your call into action. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, That's actually not of God. All that cowering, all that hoarding, all of that's not of God. He's not giving you a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. That's wisdom, making wise way choices in your life, that you are not bound by a spirit of fear. That is not of God. And I want to be really honest with you. In all of our praying and all of our planning for the season that we're in with Ready for More right now as we're looking ahead to the future that we believe God has given us, the vision God's given us for our church to be one church in multiple locations, to have a physical house of hopeless, and in all of our praying, all of our planning, we never once put a global pandemic up on the whiteboard as a factor to consider. We just didn't think that far down the line. We, these are new days for us as a church. But we see it. I can speak for our whole staff who's gathered here. This is our call to action. To not give into a spirit of fear and timidity, but to step forward in new power and deeper love. To actually see God and to see Him at work like never before. And I want to encourage you, this is your time, to love like never before. To love this city like never before. To love your neighborhood like never before. To love your neighbor like never before. This is your invitation to actually step out in a new level of trust. To say, I will not cower, but I will take the call that God is giving me to actually lead through these days in love. To not get worked up in worry, but to get to work in loving God and loving others. To see this as my invitation. To get creative. We're going to have to get really creative over the next couple weeks. To get generous. To not pull in and pull backwards. Say, no, how can I be more present? How can I give more of myself to God? I already know that I'm more important than all the birds of the air and all the flowers of the field. How can I convey that to others? How can I make them feel that way? How can I help them experience that? To be more and more generous. To get a bigger perspective than just today than just the next two weeks, that there's a greater story that's going on here. And one day, one day, you're gonna tell your kids or your grandkids about the great pandemic of 2020 and how someone opened the Jumanji box at the beginning of the year and the whole, everything went crazy for us at the beginning of this year. And you're gonna tell the story of how you walked through these days. And I believe you have a better story to tell. I believe you're gonna wanna tell a story of how you stepped up you stepped in to new levels of trust and love and power and wisdom and generosity. I think that is a far better story to tell, and I'm so excited for how God is rewriting and writing our story as a church, and I'm so grateful to be in this with you and with this team and with our elders. We are willing and ready to to do whatever God invites us to do, to love however God invites us to love, to not wait for a physical house of hope to be built here, but to be the house of hope wherever we're at. Whatever that may look like, these are the days, these are our days to actually extend God's love like never before. So what I wanna do is invite Pastor Jeannie up, also known as my wife, up to actually lead us through a time of reflection and prayer. And again, I just want to say thank you for tuning in. We're going to continue to have ways that we're going to connect with you over the coming weeks and over this next month or so. We're going to continue to do that. But Jeannie, I'd love for you to lead us through a time of prayer and reflection.
0: You know, interruptions, uh, most people don't like them. (laughs) Most people don't like things to be interrupted in their lives. They view it as irritating Uh, But I think that we can use this interruption as an intentional invitation to connect with God in a way that perhaps we haven't connected with God in a long time, to connect with one another in a whole new way, to connect with ourselves, with what's really going on inside of us. And so I just want to take uh, the words that Jared offered to us this morning and I want to move into an intentional invitation to actually get present With ourselves with one another and with God and so what I'm going to ask you to do uh, you may have not done this in a while uh, but I'm going to invite you uh, wherever you're at in your house wherever you're at uh, to just pause uh, to close your eyes to actually allow yourself to get present wherever you're at to maybe open up your hands to just allow your breathing to slow down for a moment to really pay attention, actually, to your breathing, your inhale, and your exhale, to be still, to ground yourself in the truth that God is still God. You are still his son. You are still his daughter. There's no place that you need to be other than this now moment. There's no one you need to be other than who he created you to be. I just want to invite you to be here right now in this moment. And what I want to do is actually lead us through a meditation of God's word through prayer. As Jared invited us to, to kind of relook at what meditation is. And to put our direction on the truth. So I want to lead us through Philippians 4 this morning. It starts by saying, do not be anxious about anything. I want to invite you to just pause and allow yourself to really hear that. Do not be anxious about anything. God can handle our anxiety god can handle our fear he can handle our stress i think oftentimes we continue to feel anxious because we don't hand it to him and yet he says that he can handle it and so in this moment i want you to actually picture yourself holding a box and that box is actually your anxiety it's your fear it's your worry it's your stress And I want you to picture yourself just holding that box and handing it over to God. Do not be anxious about anything. Can you picture yourself just taking whatever your anxiety is, whatever your stress is, just picture it in that box and just hand it over to God right now. And as God picks it up, holds it for you, hear this truth. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. As you've given that box over to God, with nothing now in your hands, can you call to mind all the things that you can actually be thankful for in this now moment? Can you be thankful for the the truth that you have a a screen, a a computer, a a phone that you get to watch this on? Can you be thankful for the roof that is over your head? Can you be thankful for the food that is in your home? Can you be thankful for the people that are in your presence? Can you be thankful for the leadership that is, is trying to protect our country right now? Can you choose gratitude? And once you've named your gratitude, what Paul reminds us in in this passage in Philippians is that we get to make and present our requests to God. You've already handed over your anxiety. You've acknowledged with gratitude, and now you can come and say, God, here is my request. You get to ask, as Jarrett just taught us. So what is it that you want to ask God for right now? To ask him. Ask him for peace. Ask him for protection. Ask him for healing. Ask him for wisdom. To ask him for provision. Some of the areas where you have concern. To ask God to be a providing God to you. Present your request. And listen to this promise. It says that when we do this, the peace of God transcends all understanding. It transcends all understanding. Most of us don't fully understand what is going on right now, and the peace of God is going to transcend that. Will you allow the peace of God to just flood into your mind right now? The peace of the Spirit to just wash over you. And it says it will guard your heart And your mind in Christ Jesus. Just picture your mind and your heart being flooded with peace. And as that flood of peace comes in, it just pushes out all of the wild and the fearful thoughts, the overwhelming feelings, because peace is here. And as that peace comes rushing in, Scripture says, Brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Would you allow those things to just flood into your mind right now? Whatever is true, whatever is pure and noble and right, would you allow God to just turn and shift shift your thoughts? So God, we thank you. We thank you for this opportunity to meditate, to be still, to center our direction on you. And God, would you help Would you help us to choose prayer always over panic? Jesus, would you help us to choose service over selfishness? Spirit, would you help us to choose wisdom over worry? And we do, we pray right now for healing around this globe. We pray for hope to rise up. We pray for protection like never before. And we pray that your church would experience revival. That we would truly experience revival. We pray, God, for more of you. We are ready. We are ready, God. And so we say, would you use us as your sons and your daughters, as your living church, God? May we be hope in this world. Expand us as a church before we ever need to plant a church, God. Would you make us a house of hope before we ever have to build a house of hope? And we pray that your fire would burn so deeply within us, God, that we would declare with confidence and strength that fear has no hold on us. It has no hold on us today, tomorrow, in the weeks to come, because you are our hope. We trust you. And we pray this in the name of Jesus and the church and the children of God said.